Hi, this is Ross Payton, and this is another episode of Role Playing Public Radio. All right, Ross, breaking out that announcer voice again. <laughs> yep, and uh, this is episode four, Gaming Quirks. One point gaming quirks, to be exact. Uh, we're going to be talking about the minutia, the trivia, and the BS that plagues games. Why they happen and what we're going to do about it. And um, I'll start talking normal now. So uh, thank I hope you. That's, okay. uh, that's that's it's it frightens me when you do that, Ross. <laughs> yes, I uh, lose a little bit of my soul every time I pretend I'm a TV or a radio show announcer. It's so. a small price to pay for the fame it brings. I'm sure. Yes. Anyways. Uh, Anyways, welcome to another episode. We're uh, up to around 400 epi- downloads per episode now, uh, getting a little higher. We You like us. You really like us. <laughs> We're getting there. So uh, tell your friends. Uh, download more episodes. One bit of business, in case you uh, are subscribed to our RSS feed, you may have noticed I put up an actual play, which is a recording of an actual game session, uh, Little Fears, the controversial uh, little kids horror game. It's for adults, but it's about little kids, and it's... Very yeah, spooky. But I'm sure you didn't listen to it. I mean, I'm not in it. Well, it's uh, gotten a good number of downloads, Tom, but uh, I'd like to hear from you if you want that on the same RSS feed or if you w- want us to cut out with the actual plays or if you want more. We like to hear it. But, uh, really? Let yeah. us know. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so we're going to be talking about basically the really minor stuff that can play games. And by minor stuff, I mean... The the times when your game just gets bogged down in something that absolutely means bogged down by bullshit is basically the theme of this. Yes, that's true. Um, anyways, for example, I was I'm playing right now a GURPS game, uh, third edition, World War Two. No sci-fi, no magic, just real people, which is weird. You know, I that that, that is weird. Yeah, and I'm uh, not something I would be involved in. But. <laughs> exactly, but um, I'm playing a 25 point character who's a, a Jewish. Uh, Polish doctor hiding out from the Nazis. Obviously, they're not Poles, and the Jews aren't too popular. But when you put them together, that's yeah. that's Nazi bait right there. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, I'm hiding out, uh, working with the resistance, and the G- GM a little while ago uh, announced that basically this Panzer's driving through. Uh, we're in Harlem, the city in Europe, not in New York City. Yo, and. Uh, a panzer was rolling by and the vibrations knocked all the glass off nearby like not destroyed some of my medicine because because i failed a luck check and this just i became obsessed with panzers breaking glass and just breaking glass in general because it was uh it boggled my mind and uh i was very angry about losing those bottles of medicine kind of like that same time you ordered from long john silvers and (laughs) the meal came with a drink on the picture but you raised hell when you found out it, the drink was actually extra. Yeah, the picture was there for uh, promotional purposes, I think. And uh, Ross asked for his money back. Yeah. But yeah, that thanks for sharing thing. that. That makes me look like you know a neurotic person. Who Anytime, home slice. Anyways, so it became a running joke in the game as I just anytime glass was even mentioned, I was like, ah! I started, you know, going into psychotic fits. So it inspired me to come up with this topic for the show. So we're going to be talking about basically the minor stuff that really uh, uh, makes games suck. So uh, both the GMs and the players are guilty of this. Yeah. Like like most gaming crimes. (laughs) Well, yeah, it obviously has to be someone at the table. It's not like the written rules could ever contribute anything negative. We all know they're perfect and uh, infallible. Yeah. Infallible. That's a good point. Um, Sermon on the Mount kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, 
I think the first thing is obviously shopping trips and loot div- contra- you know, loot distribution, which or is reallocation of resources. Yeah, which is of course uh, most prevalent in D and D, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, but in you know many other type of games where obviously you loot the bodies. You got to figure out who gets what, and it's just especially in third ed three three point five. It just seems to be players. When they get above level, you know, three, it they have to figure out what kind of magic items they're going to get. They have to go to the magic item store. They have to buy all this crap. And there's so many source books. There's so much crap. You spend hours over this. Sh- uh, it's annoying, especially yeah. as a GM, because you can be like, all right, we're going to be playing. We only have a few hours where all of us are be able to play and have fun the entire week. But and, first, we have to go to Macy's. Yeah, first, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. But And it's stuff you could do on your own. I mean, players could look this stuff up on their own, figure it out, or just, you know, you don't need the most optimal gear because most games I've been in, you aren't even tested to the limits of your abilities or your character's yeah, abilities. And of course, but and it's not easy to get out of because, hell, you do the most easy thing and say they don't have it in stock you do that too many times your players are going to start to wonder like like come on does the per- does the little shop keep selling the invincible magical items not have anything this week <laughs> that's true that's true um i it's just really frustrating especially when i ran uh the, an epic level game oh man well, th- th- well first of all epics just a whole other bunch of bullshit right i heard fourth ed's gonna fix that and i'll i'll try it out i'll be one of the first ones to experiment with fourth ed but uh, in third ed, Epic is just. But yeah, Epic Games are one thing that makes Ross cry. <laughs> it was actually kind of fun. I mean, in one session, we had a, a two session battle. It lasted, I think, about eight hours. Oh, yeah, we were, we were assaulting the Illithid city. Yeah. And I threw, I just grabbed as many epic level monsters, hundreds of them, and they had hundreds of followers, and they all had epic leadership, and it's just like, ah! Leading to the battle with the Elder Brain. Oh, man. And we, we still talk fondly about it. That was the only time they even got close to, like, loot. we were using magic points instead of spells per day, because that was a little easier. And that was the only time in the entire campaign where the, any of them dipped below half magic points, or half hit points, or half anything. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And, and forget, you know, we use just about all of our resources in that yeah that was the the, one of the thing and it took eight hours for them to get down to that level i mean so you can see this stockpiling of crap uh is unnecessary because unless you're doing an eight hour battle the pcs don't need that much stuff they don't need that much treasure they don't need all those gadgets or bookkeeping for that matter so that's the first thing and players are just i don't know the system it when each source book has like a third of its page count to magic items and new spells, then and new prestige classes for that matter. That the players are like, ooh, that's shiny. I must have that. So, you might as well get a spreadsheet out at that point. Or better yet, go to the uh, uh, internet. There's going to be some nerd out there who spends his life doing that, and he will have yeah. the optimal character thing. And of course, you, you know the books are bad enough, but like when people start bringing internet stuff, yeah. When you need an Excel spreadsheet to figure out your character's loot and his Something, magical, yeah, items, uh, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Um, so just go to the uh, Wizards of the Coast character optimization board and uh, let pick their note. You pick their brains and get you know steal from them. I mean, it's better that you spend that time doing something other you know productive like playing Minesweeper at work or exactly yeah solitaire exactly or, 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 or spider solitaire yes um, whatever the hell that is. My mother plays it all the time. Really, thanks. Oh, yeah. Thanks for sharing, Tom. Hey, I'm here to share information. Um. And, of course, another uh, time waster, another quirk of gaming is the red herring, which is, of course, a 
uh, classic plot device in most narratives, especially mystery narratives, but of all types, movies, TV shows, novels, whatever. Fighting the communists. Yep. No, red herring, Tom. Do you oh. know what a red herring is? Maybe I do. Yeah, I don't think you do. Anyways. That's um, not what this show is about. <laughs> yeah, a red herring is, of course, a fake clue, a false lead, a dead end. And in games, that's, you know, it, if every single clue they have is absolutely vital to solving the case, then the players are going to, you know, make certain assumptions. That, yeah, the one time you throw in a minor clue, a minor, I'm quoting, quote marks in the air here, clue, <laughs> they're like... They can go after it for hours. Yeah. And even... And, and you don't want to just say, that's not important. Yeah. You don't want to say it. Or it couldn't even be necessarily a red herring. It could be a legitimate clue, but they misinterpret its value. And I know, God knows how many times I listen to you, you know, monkeys playing at the table, and you're just, you, you have the plot all wrong, and you're just like, oh my God, we're going to die because of this. And I'm just like, what the hell? How did you come up with that? That's a different plot than I had. Um, we're playing in different... Maybe perhaps it was a better plot than the one you thought of. <laughs> no! All my plots are better than anything. Anyways, um, the problem is, you know, the GM can't just spoil it for them because then there's no challenge. But on the other hand, the players just obsess over this and the red herring just kills the game because you waste so much time and you can't get to the cool stuff. And let me guess, it gets to the point that you just want to stab a pen into our hands and say move on well I, i'm honestly my frustration isn't probably as much as you guys is when uh, uh or the players when they realize that they've wasted all that time i mean like this summer at gen con i was playing a delta green game and we were trying to track down the serial killer and we basically spent so much time searching for clues that oh yeah you the, couldn't finish it yeah you? because basically we had to wait for the killer to do something because the killer was going across the country and we had no reliable way of tracking him because we're Delta Green, we're an illegal operation. We can't exactly put out APBs. Um, I think that was the main reason. So we couldn't say, look for this guy, and we couldn't find him because, you know, it was across the entire country. There's like four of us. So we just spent our time looking, tracking down every possible lead. And we just, we killed, we wasted all the time. Basically, we couldn't give the GM time to speed up the 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 timeline of the game. So. And I remember when you came back, you looked like you had been stood up by a date when you got back to the hotel room at <laughs> Gen Con. Yeah, because it was two sessions, and he said, oh, we'll be at the done of it. And like, I find out he just spoils it, basically, because we, we play from like 10 until like 4 in the morning. And he says, oh, well, there, you got about two-thirds of the way through. And the third part, man, whoa, cults and monsters and all kinds of crazy crap. You'd, you'd all get laid. Yeah. It, was, it was huge. Shit was going to blow up. And... um all I can say is the Delta Green uh, the, the, Eyes Only book, you need to go out and buy yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's kind of like eating a whole bunch of Brussels sprouts and liver, and then they say, oh, well, we're out of time, but man, if only you had had that dessert. It was good. <laughs> that's a very, very colorful metaphor, Tom. Thank you. Very delicious. Anyways, um... So that's another thing, and then of course there's the player who uses every wants to use every skill or ability is just a, focused on their little shtick, no matter what it is. You know, the guy this is like a, the the uber hacker yeah. that must hack something, no matter what the situation is. Is just okay, just okay. Some muggers have cornered this woman in the in the alley, and they're about to rob her and possibly do something more. Like, I will hack into the crime database to find out who this guy is. Like, who gives a shit? Just. Take him out. Yeah. Or the player who tries to pick a fight with everything. Oh, yeah. Because that's well, all he that. cares. I mean, and, you know, it's that's an entirely different topic, but just the time you wasted 
for the every other player and the GM trying to keep him from keeping the pit bull from you know the small children at the park basically, uh, or even worse, keeping the pit bull away, keeping the pit bull away from the giant wolf. Yeah, it's um, that's yeah. You know, there's I, there there are players that, that they want to pick fights with, like especially when I, I've been playing. I played vampire and they met the prince of the city and this one guy decided that he would be good to antagonize the entire gathered elders of the city. Yeah, and the G- and the GM's, you know, kind of in a bind because he can't let the game dissolve and just say, oh, yeah, well, you're, you're dead, basically. And um, it's But, of course, of- it also sucks. You can't go, oh, they they just ignore the little yapping dog. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, that's because uh, then the players are like, oh, man, we can't do anything. And that's the other issue of GM NPCs that are... Crap, you know the invincible, the Mary, the Mary Sue, and that's another topic uh, altogether. But we'll yeah. get that into in a future. Or, like, or another one of my personal favorites is what I call the expert character. Yeah, this is the person. My my prime example is I was I was running I was running a game, never mind which one, and one <laughs> of the players was using one of his favorite weapons, which is the Soviet AK forty seven. Oh yeah, and um, yes, it was a D twenty game, so he rolled a natural one when shooting at when shooting at random villain and I said okay the gun jams and he looks at me like I just urinated in church or something <laughs> and says like that's impossible that, that the Soviet AK-47 the Kalashnikov is one of the finest assault rifle ever made it would never jam it's designed like you could stick it in the mud and it would still fire and this went on for almost half an hour yeah. of him and me back and forth and me basically saying well look you botched the roll I'm sorry this is what happens and he's and he's like, no, he's like, no, it would never do it. And I finally actually offered a compromise, like, okay, perhaps you just, a shell got caught. You just need to jack, you know, just need to quick, you know, latch the shell. He's like, no, it would never do that either. And finally, wow. after an hour and a half, we decided that that particular game was now over and we decided to watch stand-up comedy videos. Boy, I mean, you know, if the AK is that good, I, why aren't we using them? I mean, why, why isn't everyone who has a gun using one? Yeah, why don't we replace all weapons throughout the entire world with AKs? Or what's even worse was the, the one time I had a player who was actually a hacker. Oh, And, wow. of course, played one that was a hacker and, and basically kept trying to rub it Love to rub it in my face every time he tried to do some hacking stuff. He's like, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write a plural script. I'm going to write this script, and I'm just like, just roll a D20, damn it. <laughs> See, this system is a little simpler than a Linux-based you know, server or whatever. You just roll a die. And I tell you if you win or you lose. So, And you're good at it. I, uh, I, I, I yeah. applaud you. Yeah. So there is that. And i think that's sort of the heart of what we're trying to get at is the player the one player or gm the one person who shuts down the entire game just because they won't let it go i mean basically what you're talking about are people who won't suspend their disbelief who won't get into the game and i think the cause of it is basically the game loses focus or the players whoever you want to call it are losing focus so yeah yeah, if you're playing and and a player suddenly cracks open just another book and starts to read Beware. Yeah, Tom. Thank that's you. that's that's a that's that's a hint, you know. Are you saying I do that? Yeah, Tom, you make uh I think mutants and masterminds characters in every game I run, no matter what's going on. What are you saying are you saying I interrupt your games? Um anyways, uh <laughs> No no, no I want, we'll finish this I want an answer, Ross. <laughs> uh I think it's you're not contributing positively. It's a collaborative medium, Tom. You need to be more involved. None of the other players are making characters. Maybe they should. 
Perhaps the game just sucks, Ross. Oh, ow, ow. You wound me, good sir. You wound me in my soul. Um, well, anyways. Uh, uh, All right, you see? Per, like, per, you know, perfect get, like, t- thing off topic. Yeah, we lost our way. Yeah. That was my example. Oh, you're you're contributing to the show. You weren't just exactly. being a jackass. See? Oh, oh. I, I see what you did there. Layers there? upon layers. Layers upon layers. <laughs> okay. Um, so basically, the solution is pretty simple. I think it's whenever this happens, whenever that you get caught up doing this, you really need to realize that it's going on. Yeah, that's, and that's figure the, that's, out why. The twelfth step. That's the first step. Recognize yeah. there's a problem. Yes, exactly. There's a twelve step thing. Um, we don't have. 12 actual steps. We now, have one step. One step. Well, that's one twelfth is good. Well, or I can think of another. We have a D12 step. <laughs> you roll a oh, D12. God. That physically wounded me, Ross. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, well, once you recognize that it's going on, you need to figure out why you want to play, why this group wants to play, what you want to get out of it. And again, we're, we're not going to go into like all the different types of games you can have, all the different types of, you know, narrative, game is blah, 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 simulationist. Just figure out what is fun to you and focus on that. You know, just draw, do whatever you can to cut out the BS and uh, go do what's fun, you know. And most importantly, but if that particular person continues to be a problem, throw their ass out. Mm. Cannot be emphasized enough. Do not, don't be shy. If someone, yeah. if one person is fucking you up, let him go. Yeah, like the uh, the retard killer in the Masked Nair Lothotep campaign. I'm that, not yeah, letting but, him back. So no, no, I might run a separate game for him and his group, but that would be I wouldn't inflict him upon you, Tom. That truly touches me in the heart, <laughs> Ross. It truly does. All right. Um, so that's the main thing right here. Um, one of our comments from our last episode, uh, Logan Nine A was talking about. You know, we had mentioned. Uh, you know how Call of Cthulhu you have the tissue paper characters blah 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 that you know characters die easily in Call of Cthulhu or go insane yeah and that you know you can't get attached to your characters and Logan said well obviously that is a problem and Call of Cthulhu is just like that so I've created these alternate rules Heroic Cthulhu uh, which fixes that problem basically it's more of a pulp action Doc Savage type kind of thing and that's one valid solution. If you don't, if the game isn't giving you the results you want, you can look at the rules and change them. I mean, there's rules like I, like rules are not set in stone. Like, yeah. Wait, that just contradicted what we said earlier. No, not necessarily. It's a house rule. Oh, house rule. Yes. Yes. Come on. Yes. House rules. House rules for man. the win. Um, house rules are a long-standing tradition of all games. Yeah. Especially, it, it in, makes me teary-eyed. Yes. It truly does. Yeah. No house rule. How new house rule? No crying. So be it. I am not crying anymore. <laughs> um, so that's one solution. But the other solution is to tie uh, uh, game wise is to simply change the scenario, the adventures you're having. If you don't like action, pa- if you're having action packed scenarios in Cthulhu where everyone keeps dying, and you don't like the characters dying, then Do some don't investigation. Ha- yeah, like uh, there's a Call of Cthulhu campaign just came out. Uh, I think last year called Tatters of the King. Ross will be running it soon. We know. Uh, well, actually, well, maybe I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's investigating the King in Yellow, Haste, or all the things. There's only like two or three parts in the entire campaign that could be 
as deadly as the average encounter in Mass Eye or Lothotep. Yeah. So you, if you don't like, you know, a, characters all the time. A Tommy gun will not be a necessary piece of equipment. Right, because it's haster and you're just going, you know, anyways. Um, it's a <laughs> slow descent into insanity instead of like, ah, you die or you go totally crazy. So change the scenario. Have a different type of adventure. See if it works for you. But, um... So those are two options: either change the rules or change the adventure. If you're not getting the results or that you the want, group. <laughs> well, that's a more drastic one. We're just gonna. But, okay, last, but yeah, but the last, uh, the DefCon one option is change the group. Yeah, and because it is hard to find a good group, but I, I think in today's culture, it's getting easier and easier to find a new group, to find new players, because you know you have the internet, social networking, Meetup.com, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's new ways to find players, and I think people are more open to RPGs in general. Um, it's, it's no longer the nerd thing to do. No, it's still the nerd thing, but well, nerd is good. Thing. It's a geek, geek is chic. Yes, geek is chic. That's, uh, you know, Wired Magazine is so cool. It's on newsstands. Um, oh, yeah. It's, I wouldn't say it's ultra cool, but I think players are more open to it. Potential players. So try it out. Um, of course, my friends are all geeks anyways, because I don't associate with anyone who doesn't play role-playing games. Nerd. Nerd. So... That's how, uh, uh, of course, we're all... If you have any stories of gaming quirks, anec- anecdotes about trivial things that uh, just never die... Um, the tiny little pebble that derailed you. Yes. Please let us know. Email us, post a comment on our site, uh, or get in touch with us some other way. Smoke signals. No. Uh, Morse so, code. Yes. MySpace. We have a MySpace. Semaphore. Send a message on MySpace. Or semaphore us. Sem- Use flags. Y- t- sure. E flags, ooh, e flags. Yes, ah, I'm gonna go out and get my venture capitalist startup money now. And you, yeah, you better uh, copyright that right now. I will hit the copyright. I button. just did. Wow, because it's okay. We're gonna break right now and have Tom's letter in just a second. Dear White Wolf Storytellers, Before I go further with this letter, let it be known that I am referring to 3rd edition White Wolf and earlier, not the new version that came out a while back. I have never had the pleasure of playing the new world White Wolf has created. For all I know, it's a happy magical place of elves and fairies frolicking in the woods, a place where the sun always shines and Bill O'Reilly and Keith Olbermann share a two-man bicycle on their way to a cable news station that cares only for the unbiased truth. It may truly be a utopia, but I do not know. No, this letter is for those storytellers who operate in the old world of darkness. The one with nine-foot blenders of bloody death that are the were-creatures. The immortal vampires are the blood-fueled undead superpowers. The mages who can do whatever the hell they want with reality. As well as the wraiths, changelings, mummies, and the other things I am not that well acquainted with. Like many systems I have played, my experience with White Wolf has been mixed with success and eye-bleedingly bad games. Some have been wonderful role-playing experiences while others have been full-speed descent into mediocrity and idiocy that make MTV look like a clockwork orange. While the reasons for the bad games are numerous, there is one thing that I can let you know that truly causes problems in and out of game. That is the penchant to allow a game with players from every sourcebook White Wolf has. I know the temptation is great to allow this. On the surface, it does seem like a cool idea to allow wearables, vampires, government agents, mages, wraiths, and everything else in the world of darkness to be allowed into the same game, But is that truly such a good idea? Is allowing beings of such different backgrounds and origins to mesh in such close proximity with each other? Well, in the case of a game of nothing but fights, battles, and heavy metal music, yes. Throwing in different creatures into the bowl and pressing puree can be a very fun experience, at least for a one-shot game. 
But that leads to one of the disadvantages White Wolf has. White Wolf is a social game, meant for as much interaction as combat. And throwing a Toreador artist and a raging Rokia into the same room is like putting two Japanese fighting fish into a very small bowl. Blood and tears. To all those storytellers out there who insist on allowing everything into their game, might I offer the following. If you must run a game with everything in the world of darkness and want it to run more than a single session, don't make it about politics or combat. No, make it into a sitcom. That's right, take your kindred, Mokalei, and Project Twilight agents and make them workers in the same office. Each session will be a different experience as beings with origins and motives alien to each other are forced to work on a new marketing campaign for their idiot boss. Or I'll have to pitch in to buy the receptionist a birthday gift and disagree on what the gift should be. You'll have hours of enjoyment every night while having a new experience with each session. And instead of having just another boring combat how my character kicks some monster's ass story to tell your friends, you can regale them with how the story of how your ancient gangrel won the office raffle and received a $10 gift certificate to steak and ale. And we're back. That was a good letter, Tom. I Thank you, Ross. Look forward to the monster world of darkness uh, version of the office. I'm telling you, it's gonna make a it's gonna be a money maker like you so, won't believe. What do you think Steve Carell's character would be? Him? I'd have, to, I'd have to go with the Noesha, the Were Coyote. Really? Yeah, that's just. I see him as sort of like an inbred Ventru, or maybe like a, one of those weird. Uh, or a, well, maybe Ventru, ghouls. Neo, Ventru Neonate, maybe. Yeah, there we go. Um, because he's not really a trickster now, is he? Well, I guess he's kind not. of a jackass. But I just it, like I, I just like I just want to use Nuisha in something. No one ever uses them. <laughs> I want all Nuisha all the time. Damn right, man. Oh, anyways. But unfortunately, I've heard that an all Nuisha gang pretty much turns into an episode of the Tom Green Show. Ooh, yeah, that yeah. would be uh, too much of a good thing, huh? Yeah, I too much so. of a good thing. Too all right, much of a good thing. So uh, we have a couple shout outs. Of course, now we're uh, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, my friendly local gaming store, uh, Metagames of Springfield, Missouri. We'll put a link up on our entry. It's if you're in Springfield, Missouri, that's the place to go for games, RPGs. They have a good selection of used books, uh, which I a peruse. nuts collection, nuts nuts good collection of used books. I <laughs> nuts think. good. I didn't know that was a, an adjective. Now I, uh, I I thought I'd throw it out there. Okay, just fishing. All right. Um, We'll see if that uh, that's a good fishing trip or not. Um, I don't even know what that means. Okay. But uh, Metagames is a great place. Uh, good comics, good books, Board good games, selection. Yeah, staff. Yeah, it's uh, nice open. Very clean. Very clean Actually, for a yeah, game. Almost, almost like sterilely clean. Good, very large, a large open gaming area. Uh, good place to go if you're into mini games, you know, 40K. Oh, Warhammer. yeah, they got a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, but not. I mean, it's not just that. It's uh, it's worth checking out. So uh, if you're ever in the vicinity of Springfield, Missouri, uh, check it out. And uh, Tom, you had a couple of shout outs? Yeah, well, I'd like to give a shout out to another store in town, Dragon's Lair, for actually getting in the comics I order. The primary <laughs> game, comic store, which I'm not going to mention. <laughs> they might actually listen to this. Caveman. Shut up. But they, sure, that's not they're, they're not name. too good at getting in the stuff I order. And it's dra- true. But Dragon's Lair gets him in every time. It's true. And uh, also, I'd like to throw a shout-out to uh, George Carlin. I know that's weird, but for actually deigning to come to our little pissant, overgrown small town. Yeah, yeah. On December 9th, it's another one of my uh, young childhood dreams come true, <laughs> getting to see him live. I thought you've already seen him. 
I have, but I need to do it again, Ross. Oh, like a junkie, you need that I, hit. I, yes, I, I need I need my fix. I see. Um, you know, there's another comic store that just opened up, Ruble Misers, and they, they seem to have a very good, uh, not pretty small, but they seem to be pretty good about getting comics. Much better at that, that unnamed comic store that we aren't going to mention at all that's Jeez, on. Man. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it has a new name now. It starts with. So we're using the old name. Yes. So unless you're in the know, you don't know what we're talking about. But if you do, keep quiet. And this certainly isn't like a secret code by the Illuminati to transmit uh, messages to agents overseas. Ross, you have just been marked for death. I hope you know. Crap. Or mind eraser. Okay. I can dig with that. Um, So now, of course, uh, our final part of the show, the gaming anecdotes. Uh, We have a couple this week, um, or this episode. Ross and I are both going to take a turn here, so. Um, Yeah, and... Why don't you... Oh, yeah, I was going to talk about a recent one, one of our newer players. Uh, In his first game, when he came to join us, we were... I was running a Call of Cthulhu one-shot, a Delta Green one-shot, actually. Indeed. Um, Future Perfect, which is a free scenario on Dennis Detweller's site. It was uh, released with a ransom model, which, of course, you don't care about. Anyways, he was making a, uh, uh, a sheriff's deputy in the town that this was taking place in, which was somewhere in Death Valley. Forgot mind you, we had never played with this guy before. Right. And he makes this black guy named Ernie Hudson, and he informs us that Ernie Hudson has hepatitis C. And not just informs us, proudly informs us. With Ernie a, Hudson, he has hepatitis C. Like, with a flourish, she announces yeah. it. Yes. Over and over again, Ernie Hudson has hepatitis C. And we, okay, we're good gamers, but we're all in, the, in our heart. It was a little off-putting. But in our heart, we're wise asses. <laughs> so yes, we're, we take this Hepatitis so C became just something we would say every three minutes. Well, yeah, and of course that was his justification to basically die for the rest of the group to save the world. Or save whatever to do the right thing and, and hate women he hated women yeah <laughs> forgot that part that was pretty amusing because he brought his girlfriend to game too i think that session yeah uh, and, uh, uh, but he hates women yes so uh ernie hudson has hepatitis c and he hates women and he uh but he died a good death to save the world from um time traveling serpent well, people the thing is um yeah he he died but yeah he was like he was almost adamant that he wanted to yeah. In fact, he started to get angry when he, one time there was a point he might survive. Yeah. So uh, that was a interesting way for him to... Plus, his character is very, uh, shall we say, out there. And he kept insisting... <laughs> I know this is going to sound bad, but he kept insisting, I'm not racist. I'm not racist, really. <laughs> I'm not racist. Like, stupid whore woman. <laughs> and he just kept playing his character, you know, informing that he had hepatitis C. So... And that's, again, a, an example of someone focusing on a little part of minutia. But I think that was more for him just being a jackass than losing focus of the game. We all one, had a good time. And it was a one-shot. And so. we invited him back. Yes, I mean, we, he's a regular player now. and he's, Yes, he is. Uh, in fact, he's come up with a new phrase. When we were playing monsters and other child, childish things, uh, he was quick to inform us that uh, there are monsters in the school, Tom. It was directed at me. Because... Um, Basically, it was a way to say, don't take this too seriously, Tom. Don't question the logic. And that's a good way of looking at all games. But don't, now, don't, that, that, now that has become the phrase, for just, or just a phrase, really. Yeah, just ignore the GM who just contradicted himself. Ignore the players, the plot, all the things that don't really make sense. There are monsters in the school, Tom. Yes. And that, that AK-47 jammed? There are monsters in the school, Tom. So you need to, you, you don't need to buy all those magic items because... 
There are monsters in the school, Tom. So it's beautiful, and I'm I'm forever touched with that. Yeah, and of course you had a yes, I did. This is another one of those little instances of obsessing over details. Mm. Like I was running a game with with my own group. Not I know I have more than one gaming group. It's astonishing. So do I. Yes, we are awesome. But anyway. I forget exactly the scenario because that's hardly important. All you need to know is there's going to be a massive action scene involving a bunch of mooks with guns and the players fighting in an office, like a big a big skyscraper CEO penthouse office. The kind and as I and I just, as I wrote wrote out the diagram of the room, you know, okay, but okay, there's a desk here, there's large table lamps here, there's the well-stocked wet bar here because I'm thinking that's a group that likes cinematic stuff, so we can use that the bar for stuff, and we're just shoot it up and see glass and booze fly everywhere, or make Molotov cocktails. Right, right. That was the first thing that came in my mind. Exactly. But one of my players, who shall go unnamed, <laughs> yes. Well, the thing uh, is, the thing is, I see him regularly. Uh, he might listen to this. Actually, really, he might yeah. be a fan. Has he mentioned? Uh, he has. Really? Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. We know who you are. Anyways, but. As I was writing this, as I was describing the desk with the lar- the black leather chair behind it, he says, "Okay, well, um, well, what's on the desk?" So, oh, okay, I get up. Okay, there's a phone here. There's like the you know the intercom receiver, the desk lamp, kind of pictures. I, but uh, that wasn't. He says, "Okay, well, um, is there a, is there are there is there a pen st- ink stand on the desk?" Like, sure. Like, okay, are they really expensive pens in the ink stand? Like, <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, there are there are those. Like, there's like, are there, is like a pencil sharpener? Is it an electric pencil sharpener? Or is it one of those hand-cranked ones? Like, it, sure, it's an electric one. <laughs> and it kept getting weirder from there because he asked, okay, then the nameplate. Is it like, is it like, it's like a wood, like cheap wood, kind of like a trophy with a little brass plaque? Or is it like marble with the, you know, the gold plaque on it? It started to get really ridiculous. Soon, I mean, soon he was asking, he was asking about, wow. okay, now what is the desk made out of? It's like, a, is it a wood desk with like, you know, like, you know, marble stands, or is it all wood, or is it, like, is it shellacked wood? Wow. And um, that was just the desk. Never mind what happened when I got to describing the big picture window that looked out over the city, <laughs> or, the, or God help me, the bar. Uh, but that's... What's the next bottle? Exactly. What's the next bottle? What year is it? Wow. Really? He asked you that? He yeah, asked he what... actually, he asked me, like... The entire inventory of the wet bar. Not the entire inventory, but he asked me, like, is it, does it have vodka... Okay, is it like real Russian vodka or is it? And I was starting to think he was just BSing, but being a jackass. But no, it was. He was really. He really wanted to know. What, did he ever justify? Did he like use those expensive pens or that name card placard to uh, you know kill somebody? Well, he used the name placard to bludgeon someone, which was okay. Fun. That was but neat. you could do that with any name placard. Yeah. You don't need to know. It's gold-plated and wooden or, you know, or it's marble or whatever the hell but it is. I made sure the first thing I did when they killed one of the mooks is he, as he died, he convulsively gripped the gun and fired a burst over to the bar and <laughs> shot it to pieces. That's, that's, that's a good touch. That's yes. uh, like, screw you. You can't inventory my wet bar. It's destroyed now. Now no one gets it. <laughs> that's sort of uh, uh, an interesting... So d- is this a, a, a reoccurring tendency of this player? No, that was... No, that was Did he the, ever... That was the worst, I think. But he's, but he's a stickler for details. And sometimes when he's running a game, that's good. He's, he really likes detail, but right. never quite to the extent of that. I just... Wow, that's uh, 
it it boggles the mind. Um, so I guess he that's. But again, that may be the reason why he's in the game because he likes hearing lists and details and descriptions yeah. and he's also the only one that can draw in our group so if we want pictures of our characters we have to defer to him oh so snap he, he, yeah. do, he does have a power he's made himself indispensable oh yeah. wow yeah yeah see that's of course i you see that's why sometimes you have to deal with subpar players is because well you have to play at their place, or they have the dice, or they have the book, or they can draw, or what, whatever it is. Or in the case, remember, Ed, they're really awesome cooks and provide you with home-cooked meals Ooh, while we're there. Yes. Well, um, Ed was a good player. The Ed way- was a great player. But I'm just saying, that certainly helped his standing. <laughs> First, it was at his place, yeah. but... Oh, man. Some of the food he made while we were there. Us pancakes. Delicious pancakes. For us. For us to eat. Um, so, yeah. Uh, a couple... One last thing. Um, what do you... What, uh, what's been... What have you been playing this week? Just to just to give the audience a little... Well, obviously, I have my long-running campaign with my other group. I run a White Wolf version of... Based on Gargoyles. You know, the cartoon. The Disney cartoon. Yeah. It's actually the longest-running campaign I've ever run. Two and a half years in running. Damn. That's longer than mine by... Yeah. Right a shot. Um, of course, I'm, we're now playing a transhuman space with you. Yes, that's uh, we did that Thursday. We used the D twenty modern rules because GURPS takes GURPS is long. GURPS is nice, but like that's not a game you spring on players who've never played it before for a casual pickup game. Yeah, like a bunch of experts at GURPS. Awesome. D twenty modern. I mean, it and D twenty modern is pretty complex too. But we all know it. They only made and first char- level characters. Character creation was done in about an hour. Yeah. And that was with one only one copy of the book. Exactly. So that wasn't too bad. And um, so yeah, those are your two games. I've actually, of course, been playing the GURPS World War II game with the Panzers breaking glass. Ah! I hate the they're always breaking glass. Like I, he, the GM showed me this movie, The Black Book, by Paul Verhoeven, showing this Danish woman, you know, trying to hide out from the Nazis, and it showed a bomb breaking in her house and breaking all the glass. And I just made me so angry there's monsters in the school tom oh yeah anyways and the other game actually i uh tried out monty cook's world of darkness oh, uh, this, yeah this uh was actually a very late game we started at, like 11 we went playing till four and Damn. yeah it was uh it's and the gm's actually very different he's very much role-playing intensive as opposed to you know stats games stuff like very sort of minimal very mu- much roll when to, to, about roll the characterization to hit, roll to hit difficulty yeah, 20. yeah. It was very much about building the characters, getting the characters uh, developed, uh, sort of narrative stuff. And it was a very interesting change of pace. I really enjoyed it. I'm playing a vampire. He, I, he actually assigned me what I was going to do because he wanted one of each type of character. Right. Except demons. No demons. Um, and I'm playing basically a crazy documentary filmmaker with the spirit of a dead 16th century, 17th century inquisitor stuck inside me. So. Oh. Yeah. Party. Yeah, it's uh, going to be an interesting campaign. So Absolutely. I'll uh, give you updates on our next session, uh, next episode. And uh, so that's it. I just want to give a, uh, our viewers a little idea of what uh, our current gaming palette is uh, like. And uh, so that's it for uh, episode four, Gaming Quirks, One Point Gaming Quirks. And uh, this is Ross Payton, of course. I'm Tom Church, and thank you for downloading. Yes, and tell your friends, RP Power is out. <laughs> <laughs>